0: For me, self-love is picturing the person that you love the most and telling yourself, I will not treat myself any less than I would treat that person.
1: To love yourself is to say, this is hard. I'm not comfortable, but I love myself so damn much that girl, you better get your ass up. You got it, keep going.
2: I felt that way for a long time that I felt something was missing. I knew that my love for myself could not be based on other people. There had to be something else that I could have a foundation of, okay, fine, there can be ups and downs, Mm -hmm. but I never go down to a low where I don't love myself. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think meditation was the turning point for me. And I felt that because it was the one time in the day where I would end up spending time with myself. Like you do, I feel like people don't do that. Mm-hmm. We spend time on everything to do with hair and makeup and clothes and on other people, looking at other people, talking to other people. Um, but I felt like I wasn't spending any time actually thinking, who am I? Like, I? I don't know who I am. And I feel like in a relationship, whether it's with yourself or whether it's with somebody else, you have to know yourself, to love yourself. We never get into relationships with people or friendships with people without knowing them. You can't fall in love with someone without knowing them. Mm. And so I felt like, okay, who am I? Like, I actually don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I dislike. Everything that I like or dislike is based on other people. Um, everything that I like about myself is based on other people's likes of myself. are saying like, yeah. oh,
3: you've got beautiful exactly. eyes, hair. exactly, so exactly. Like, My eyes and hair must be lovely.
2: Exactly, and so everything is to do with, oh, they like it, so that must be who I am. Mm. And so I felt meditation was the first time, or just journaling was the first time I started writing down things about things I like about myself or don't like about myself. And so it created more of like a relationship with with me. I was having a relationship with myself finally, rather than my perception of myself because of other people. God, I love
3: that. Mm. You did a video um, called Self Love, yeah.
2: And your quote
3: is, how can you love yourself without knowing who you are?
2: Definitely. Oh,
3: God, when you said that, I was a quote <laughs> card, by the way. Put that <laughs> on a quote card, please. It was so beautiful because it's mm. so true. Yeah. So for you, it was journaling and meditation. Is that, like, the first steps for you to really find
2: out who you are as yeah, a person? Yeah, definitely. And also, um, I have to say, my husband was a big part of it, meeting somebody who really understands himself so well. Mm. And I always used to see it, um, at first through a barrier, like we weren't, we weren't close at this time. And then when I got to know him more, I realised that actually he can be so much more supportive to me understanding myself because of how much he understands himself. <clears throat> and so for me, he was, he's always been such a supportive factor to me understanding myself so much better. And just believing in myself so much better. Every time I think I can't do something, he's like, no, just study it, understand it. And then you'll you'll be totally fine. That's amazing. And yeah. for those of
3: you at home listening or watching, Jay Shetty is your husband. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> um, who ba- basically used to be a monk. Yeah. Um, and so he went on his own journey. Yeah. And so for you, did you see then that journey, like, did it make you realize that th- anything was possible? Or was it his teachings that then helped you?
2: I think it's a bit of both, just his mindset to everything, obviously all backed from when he was a monk. Mm. Everything that he is now is because of those years where he spent truly deeply trying to figure out who he is, understanding the soul, understanding himself so much better. But just his journey, but also just general interaction with him, like every day I see how he reacts to things or acts towards people or acts towards himself. Um, he's, he's so loving towards himself and not in an egotistical way, but just in a way that, OK, we make mistakes, mm-hmm. like things happen, mm-hmm. but get back on, get back, get, get back to it and just keep moving forward. Yeah. And for me, I was always a wallower, like every time something goes wrong, I'm kind of like, oh, man, I could have done this or I could have done this. Or I wish I had always very like self-critical and um, I I find that he's not critical towards others or himself. Mm. And I think that makes such a difference because as soon as you end up criticizing yourself more, you actually end up just building a critical mindset. And so then I'm critical to you and you and you and everybody. You end up being critical to everything about your body image, Mm. about your personality. And so just seeing that not critical nature, that Mm. nature of just being accepting of everybody and everything ends up making you love yourself so much more because your mindset just completely changes. And I
1: think to love yourself is to say, this shit's hard. I'm not comfortable. But I love myself so damn much. And I love what's on the other side of this, this vision that I hold, this impact that I want to make, that, girl, you better get your ass up <laughs> like, get to that Stop. Toastmakers <laughs> or to whatever it is. Like, get on the podcast. Like, do your thing. And that shit's hard. It's so hard to do. But I will tell you, because I know this as a through line in my life, that, that that's true self-love. And that's where you really develop this self-confidence piece that we're talking about. And it nothing feels better to me than being in that arena with yourself, because that's the thing, Lisa. Sometimes it's really hard. Hand on heart. Talk to myself. I'm like, rocks. I love you, girl. I get it. The shit's hard, but you got it. Mm. Keep going. And in my experience, like to, to feel this dynamic, to have this kind of dialogue with myself is truly what allows me to be the woman that I am. And I love her. So if I want to invite you to create this unbreakable relationship with yourself, where you have, you know, the all the S's and that self, self, self-trust, that self-love, that self-confidence, um, I'm going to invite you to really pay attention to your dialogue with yourself Mm -hmm. and get into a loving dialogue with yourself, not to be confused with this. There's a difference between soft and fragile, Mm. right? Soft can take a blow, like soft can take a punch, right? And if anything, I feel like it it fortifies the strength Mm. because it can take the hit, right? Fragile can shatter by a pebble, right? I have a very soft heart. I'm very empathetic, compassionate, I am, I am all love. And at the same time, my whole life, without ever having to prove anything, you know not to fuck with me
3: and that's what i freaking love is that when you you can literally just now talk about (laughs) self-love and then talk about freaking getting in a ring and taking a punch to the face (laughs) all in one sentence so um How do you advise someone to take those steps to start entering the ring? So let's say you're like, all right, put on your boxing gloves. They got on their boxing gloves, but now they're just petrified to step in the ring. Mm. What are the things that you can say that can help them that you did to your own mindset that you had to overcome yourself? The negative talk, the judgment, in order to get that first freaking step in that ring, even though you know you're gonna get punched in the face. Yeah, Like no one wants to get punched in the face. Yeah. Well.
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh,
3: go on! <laughs> oh
1: man, I love that you said that because it's something that I speak about often. Um, I feel that more people need to take a punch to their face, and I'm not saying that in in the physical sense, right? When you take a punch, meaning like some kind of challenge has just, you know, sucker punched you, sideswiped you, whatever. Like, oof! You discover who you are in that moment. Do you stay on the ground? Do you, do you cry? do you become do you feel sorry for yourself? Do you make excuses? do you, do you back do you back away or like or do you you go, huh, okay? Well, that didn't feel good. How, how could I how could I get better to avoid that punch or to be skilled to throw another to throw a punch back, right? to knock that thing out that just you know tried to take me out And so I want to hit all my goals, right? But what I'm really interested in is who am I on the way to the goal? I really invite the female to create this relationship with your future self. Who are you in the future? Who do you want to be? How does she move? How does she how does she handle the hits that, you know, come to is she composed? Is she freaking out? Is she, you know what I mean? And you start to really get connected with this future. Version of yourself, not just the things that she has, the life that she lives, because all of that comes after you've really created the being. It's the being that makes all this happen, right? Mm-hmm. Not the things and then becomes the being, right? So I really invite everyone to become friends with a journal. it's It's the most important tool in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Because you really, like we were just saying, you start to really learn about who you are and create who it is that you want to become. In this beautiful private space with yourself where there is no judgment, it will listen to you. It will. You could say anything to the journal, it's not gonna judge you, right? It's just gonna hold the space for you. So spending time with yourself every single day, I don't even care if it's five minutes, five minutes just what I call rolling ink, streamlining of consciousness, get connected. Who is future Lisa? What are her habits like? What turns her on? What turns her off? What is she afraid of? How does she work through her fear? How does she face challenge? And when you really start to get so connected to the deep because you literally create yourself, right? Mm. She starts showing up. This teammate, this soulmate, this best friend, this ride or die. And When you go back to the woman in the arena or the octagon, like in my world, you know, (laughs) UFC, MMA, like, you know, I'm not stepping in there just as this Roxy or this Roxanne. I've got my future self, my muse, my ride or die in there with me to move through that challenge with me, right? And so Mm -hmm. I really you know, to kind of put a bow on this, I think the most valuable methodology tactic is really spending time in your journal to deeply connect with who you are and developing a relationship with who you are blooming into. When I was
4: going through my own transformation, I'd hit rock bottom, I decided to come out of it. I started with nutrition quickly realized it was tied to my thoughts and my trauma um, and then my connection, my spiritual connection to something bigger. How do I get back on the right track? How do I find my value? I I went to this coach and I sat down with her and I told her, I mean, I came out, right? It was just like, here it is. (laughs) And I was crying and sobbing, the ugly cry. Mm -hmm. And at the end she said, it's okay. I know exactly what you need. And I thought, hallelujah, praise Jesus, girl of a ride, tell me everything. And she said, you just have to love yourself. <laughs> it took every bit of self-control that I have ever even thought about having not to just launch myself on this lady. To like thump her. Stop her! Because <laughs> that had never occurred to me that if I just love myself, but, life would be so much better. And even to this day, hear people talking about well, you got to love yourself. Yeah, you just got to love yeah, yourself. Yeah. That's crazy. Like we can just turn a switch and make it happen. So, well, how do you how do you love yourself? Well, you could start by not hating yourself. Right. That's a good place to start. But, but I don't, you, you can't just go to self-love. Mm. Here's what I've been really interested in lately. I've been really peeking around behind the self-love and this, this idea of ourselves that we've created. Yeah. And what if we didn't have to love ourselves? What if we didn't have that kind of pressure? Because here's what happens when people say, you just gotta love yourself, just have self-love. It's the most important Thing. it will change everything well now you just set me up for another failure in my life that I don't need. Ah,
3: oh, because if you don't love yourself you failed how can you love yourself yeah. you ever tried to
4: love yourself when you really just don't you ever been in that place That's... where instead of loving you loathe yourself every second you show up in the world is just a disaster to tell someone like that to just love themselves you're just you're not helping them I'd like to peek behind this self that we're supposed to love, mm-hmm. and I just like to get to know her. And I wonder if through that process, I can just let her be who she needs to be and not who I want her to be, oh. okay? What if, what if I could just see her and accept her? What if I just said, wow, she's been through some stuff, and she deals with it in this and this and this way? Cool. You cannot love yourself if you have no idea who you are, and most of us don't. We're trying to love an idea of who we wish we were, Mm -hmm. not who we are currently, and that's why we fail so much when it comes to this idea of just loving yourself. When it comes to self-love, that's why we fail. Most of us have no idea who we are. How can you love someone when you don't know anything about them? We have been so busy trying to become who they say we should be that we have no idea who we are. So instead of just loving this idealized version of yourself that you haven't even made happen yet, what if you just kind of accepted yourself the way you were? Mm. What if you said, sometimes I just, I feel broken. I kind of am broken, but that's okay. Because that's how the light gets in. Mm.
3: And that's what I was going to ask because a lot of people, and this is a fascinating conversation Mm. I love having because a lot of people say love love yourself the way you are. Mm -hmm. And usually they're people that um, pride themselves on growth. Yes, And that's where it comes to like how do you love yourself just the way you are? And at the same time saying you're not good enough yet Mm -hmm. to get to where you want to go. How do Mm -hmm. you do
4: both? So Kristina Murdi, I love this quote. He said, when you begin to understand what you are Mm -hmm. without trying to change it, then what you are undergoes a transformation. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: When you begin to understand what you are, you're not trying to change it. What you are undergoes a transformation. So I said earlier, most of us have no idea who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's true. We see people and lifestyles and, and we, That's an ideal of what we want to achieve, but do we really and why? Who are you really? What do you enjoy? Um, I use this example. I was coaching this woman uh, in her 50s one time, and I said, look, tomorrow we're gonna do what you wanna do. You're gonna just live your best life. (laughs) Whatever makes you happy, whatever lights you up. And I said, what would that be? So if money weren't an object, what would you do? What is it that just lights you up, makes your, shake your tail feathers happy? And she sat and she dropped her head and she started sobbing. And she looked up at me with just tears. Yeah. Just this woman had broken open. And she said, I have no idea. She had been so busy being a mother, being a wife. She had no idea. She had lost track of who she was. Ask someone, what are your hobbies? What makes you happy? Other than your children and your husband, what is it? What feeds you? Most people have no idea. But if you could figure that out, then maybe you could start to understand why you are the way you are. Maybe then you could start to accept who you are, pain, bruises, broken and all, and let that just be okay. Because now you're understanding what you are, right? When you can do that and you get to that visceral knowledge, then you can say, but how do I wanna be better? When you get that person to accept themselves, to understand what they are and why, and then they can see the potential in their life,
5: those are the game changers. There's been so many shifts for me. One of the things that you mentioned in your intro was just even growing up, believing that I was ugly And I remember reading online, which I I never really reply to trolls or anything, right? But I remember reading online, someone said, um, she only gets work because she's pretty.
3: If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. If you're and guys and my homie even with the fears the doubts and uncertainty you can finally go after what you freaking want in life set boundaries speak up show up fight imposter syndrome and stop people pleasing and I break down how to actually do this step by step in my book Radical Confidence and when you pre-order your copy of Radical Confidence right now today guys you can get a free gift valued at $171 which includes my ultimate guide to radical confidence which is a workbook that you actually can work through as you're reading my book three months ad-free listening to Women of Impact on podcast and one hour exclusive relationship coaching session with me and my hubby of 21 years, Tom. So, my homie, if you go and pre-order this book right now, you'll get all of those things for utterly free, which has been valued at $171. So go over to RadicalConfidence.com to pre-order your copy right now. That's RadicalConfidence.com. See you there, my homie. Let's freaking go.
5: And I was like, who? Wow. My first thought was like, what are they talking about? Because that never would occur to me and I I started to realize I need to really share more of my testimony Mm -hmm. because I don't think people understand that what they may see or perceive is something that I literally battled for 25 years, the first 25 years of my life. Um, There were people in my family who were the ones that perpetuated that Who told me that I was the ugly, I was the blackie, I was the darkie, I, your lips are too full, your nose is too broad, your eyes are big and weird and everything that they could pick apart, they picked apart. And so I remember being a little girl sitting in the tub, making the water hotter and hotter so and scrubbing because I wanted to see if something lighter was under there. I thought I was dirty. And then I went to school And I was tall and the boys were all shorter than me and stuff. And so I was always too tall and then I was super thin and they would talk about that. And so I would wear extra clothes and I would slouch and I would tuck my lips in. And I was just a mess. Like I was just uncomfortable with every part of me and it wasn't until I was 21, 22 years old. My husband, my now husband of almost 12 years, but then he was my boyfriend. Um, he had put up, blown up some big pictures of me that he loved. He decorated my uh, first condo while I was out of town. And he put up these big posters. And when I came in, I cried. I loved what he did, yeah. but the posters seemed cruel. Whoa, so you cried because you thought it was mean-spirited. I knew it wasn't yeah, logically. Right. But inside, I couldn't reconcile why he would do that. And I just kept saying, why? And he's like ah, you know, I think these are beautiful. And I'm like, I don't don't think so. My husband um, then kind of suggested that I go to therapy. And in therapy for two years, pretty much talking about all the childhood trauma and different things Mm. that I had experienced. And that was the first time I learned to forgive people that would never say I'm sorry.
2: Mm.
5: And I realized that hurt people really do hurt people. I was 25 before I could look in the mirror without cringing. So I've only been okay with myself really the last ten years, and ironically that was the same for, that was the same year my business hit seven figures. There was just like a lot of not coincidence, right? Yeah, no coincidence. But now as the mother of a preteen beautiful brown girl, I feel like I have to keep having that conversation and making sure that she also knows how beautiful she is, and that you know people just say things, but you have to know who you are, and. I'm so glad I got that lesson before I lost all my money. (laughs) Speaking of identity, right? Because I had become so secure in, in knowing who I was and knowing that I was a woman of purpose and knowing that even though I lost all my money, my mind wasn't bad. And if i did it before i could do it again
3: um i like that you said that you you're glad that you did the work before you lost everything because that must have been hard especially having come from a place of insecurity then getting confidence enough to build up a seven-figure business yeah that's at that moment where you're like i got this right. like i know my shit. <laughs> like i'm good and then you lose it again and yeah. if if you held your your identity and confidence to your business yeah then that could have easily have spiraled you back to where you were
5: before the photos absolutely i saw it happen with so many of my peers Mm. who were in real estate at that time people were used to making multiple six figures seven figures eight figures and then go right down to nothing a lot of people still have not rebounded Mm, right and people ask me all the time how did you do it the work started before then Mm. and that's really why you know even in my work now with redefining wealth i really teach people that wealth is not just about money and material possessions. If your wealth is only caught up in money and material possessions you're going to eventually be miserable at some point mm-hmm. because those things take a dip you know and they they can go up and down or in or out or you you know I've seen I know friends who have sold businesses for multi-million dollar figures and then they didn't know who they were after the mm-hmm. business was sold, had a lot of money but they didn't know what to do with themselves because they didn't have anything else attached to who they really were as a person. And so redefining wealth, I teach people that wealth is about well-being in every area of your life. And so I break down these pillars, but I do it so that folks can understand that we have to be fulfilled Mm -hmm. in different parts of our lives. If one thing goes down, that can't be the end all be all. So if we're actually aware and paying attention to these different areas of our life, and we know that there are ebbs and flows in life and there are seasons where some things are gonna be awesome and other things are gonna take a dip, But overall, we're good with us. I think that's the goal, you know? For me,
0: self-love is picturing the person that you love the most and telling yourself, I will not treat myself any less than I would treat that person. If you were my most loved person on this earth, if you had a bad day and came to me, I would listen to you, I would understand you. I would make sure that you're feeling pampered, that you're feeling like you're safe here. So why can't I do that for myself when I'm having a bad day? Why can't I do that for myself when I make a mistake? Self-love is not treating myself any less than I would treat my loved ones and not allowing anybody to treat me less than I would treat my loved ones. When I make a mistake, and sometimes we make mistakes knowing that we're making them, yeah. I just remind myself that I am human. Yeah. The narrative that most of us go to when we go through any kind of failure mm-hmm. is, something's wrong with me. I've known this all along, something's wrong with me, or I'm not destined for happiness, or I'm not destined for love and I just need to accept it. That's the, those are the narratives we usually go to. Mm-hmm. Um, But the real narrative is much different from that. Everyone has their own path and everyone has their own destiny. Nobody knows that. You don't know that. So to give yourself a verdict long before your life is over, you know, is, is a very bad thing. Because if you've already believed about yourself that you are not destined for happiness or that something is wrong with you, then everything is going to confirm that for you and you're only going to see the things that will confirm that for you, right? But if you say, if if you change that narrative and say, instead of saying, I'm not destined for happiness, to say, I took a shot at happiness
6: and I learned something. So the humble brag Challenge is, honestly, there's no place in your journey that's the right place to start. At any time, no matter where you're at, even if you just started your journey today, is the time to brag about your achievements. Because that motion in itself is extremely empowering. I had so many people DM me that were like, Daniel, I love you, but I can't do this challenge. Oh, They were like, it. It makes me feel like I didn't do enough in my life. Like they they start to second guess all of their choices. And it's because we we don't talk about the things we're proud of in our life. If you sit with women, all they're talking about is, I'm ugly this, I didn't do that, I'm too fat this, I'm that. And it's just like the most negative conversation. And instead of being like, dude, I was so proud of myself, I did that thing yesterday, did you see that? And then they be like, yeah, you know, that's not happening. Why? That space is empowering, but we don't empower each other. We tear each other down and we're jealous and we think, I should be like her you know all there's all these like really weird things happening with with women when we should just literally be talking about all of our feelings not care if we ugly cry in public totally be exposed and like empower each other all of the time because that's what kids do they ugly cry in the middle of a grocery store (laughs) (laughs) and then ten minutes later be like I got chocolate look at my chocolate you know because they haven't started that shaming conversation. That's interesting. They're not bullying each other yet. Mm. They're not feeling self-conscious. They're not aware that literally anything could be wrong. But then once we become really hyper aware of our surroundings and our bodies and uh, through negative conversations of other people around us, then we literally stop talking about the things that we're good at. Mm. And then we never think we're good at anything. And then we just are miserable. And then we have these unrealistic goals of weight loss that are actually tied to years of trauma and we don't talk about it. And do you think that
3: we should humble brag, let's say every day, so it becomes a habit of that thought process of instead of it being a negative thought process every day. If you're humble bragging, then it, you know, rewiring your brain to think positive.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if I do the dishes, I'll tell my husband, be like, I did the dishes today. (laughs) And he'd be like, I saw, thank you so much. And then there's that exchange of like gratitude and excitement. That's a tiny little thing. But if we did that more like, Hey, did you see my hair? You know, I I like it or, you know, complimenting people and, and it not being a space of like you know, that's going to be come back with something negative. And if we did something small every single day, it doesn't have to be physical. It could be literally anything. It could be even asking for a thank you for something that you did. And just like having that equal exchange conversation and really trying to like be seen Mm. so that you can see yourself. Because I think that's the thing is we're just like coasting through this life thinking that we're supposed to get to this place mm. that doesn't exist because everyone's trying to sell us salvation and then we don't actually live our life, you know? And that's where the work comes in. Why? Right. That's when we realize, oh, I've got some stuff. Mm. We need to unpack that a little bit. Why is this positive thing that I you know, should be participating in bringing up these feelings and it brings up the feeling of unworthiness. I never said my work was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But I think that
3: everything that if you really want to achieve in life, it's not going to be easy, which is why we probably don't have it because we have to decide, are we willing to
6: do the work or not? Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is I do like these emotional challenges because I do like to show people that, okay, there's still, there's something there. Let's work on it. Let's unpack it. And We rarely lean on other people and say, hey, like I'm feeling this way or that was really hard for me or hey, can we talk about this for a second, you know, and I. I have that happen a lot in my life because I foster that, Mm. but there are a lot of people who feel very alone in the world because they don't feel comfortable enough talking about their feelings.
7: This was the insight that I've gained recently, so. The five second rule, life changing. Five, four, three, two, one, get out of bed. Five, four, three, two, one, pick up the phone, make the call. Five, four, three, two, one, get to the gym. Five, four, three, two, one, don't snap at the kids or your husband or your partner. Five, four, three, two, one, like you can push yourself through something or you can put yourself in pause. Mm -hmm. It is profoundly life changing. But what I learned during the pandemic was this. There was nowhere to go. There was no plane to catch, there was no speech to give, there was no where to drive the kids to, there was no meeting to run to, there was nothing. And I had to be still. I had to be face to face with myself and my dysregulated nervous system and my anxiety, which I had been barreling through for years. And I started to realize that I have been coping with anxiety and worry and stress by running to Target Mm. and running to get a cup of coffee and running over here and running over there. And when I had to just sit and be with myself, there was a lot about that that was really uncomfortable. I'm not used to being still. I'm not comfortable being in my own body. At least I wasn't. I was used to the external validation and the external energy and racing from one thing to the next. And I equated being busy with being successful and happy and okay. And when all of a sudden the world stopped And there was nowhere to go, and everything was getting canceled, and I had been fired from my dream job as a talk show host, and my book contract had been canceled, and the speeches were canceling, and the kids were now all home, and they were in various straits of psychological breakdown, and the world was upside down. I lost my coping mechanism, which was to distract myself by being busy. And that's when the anxiety became roaring back. And I learned the most powerful thing in the world, which is the ability to stand face to face with yourself in the mirror and know that no matter what, you are going to be okay because you have your own back. That no matter what, no matter how hard this is right now, it really is temporary. And if you look at your life like a giant school and some years are a party (laughs) and some years suck, And those years that suck are the years that you learn the most and that everything is teaching you something. And what this last year and a half of my life has taught me is that the strength that I've been looking for all over the place running around has actually been in here all along. And when you slow down and you start to stand with yourself face to face and you rely on yourself for the support and the pep talk and the empowerment and the celebration and the validation that you've been looking for in so many other places, you will unlock a level of confidence and a level of resilience and a level of just strength that's been in there all along. It's actually been building during the shitty parts of your life.
3: Yeah, God, that's so true. But in those moments so What makes you just
7: keep going then, right? Because so many people do, I feel like they give up on themselves. Yeah, of course you do. That's that's one of the reasons why so many people immediately brush this idea of high-fiving your reflection as stupid or weird or corny because they've already given up on themselves. Hmm. Why would I do that? What good is it going to do? Like I'm so far gone or I've screwed up so many times. How on earth is something so silly going to actually change something? It doesn't change the past. It changes you and how you relate to you. It helps you build a partnership with the most important person you have in your life, yourself. Your relationship with yourself is the foundation of every single relationship that you have. If you don't love and respect yourself, how on earth are you going to do that for other people? Mm. And worse, if you don't love and respect yourself, you are going to go into relationships and become phenomenally codependent the second somebody gives you any kind of attention, Mm -hmm. which makes you phenomenally vulnerable to getting knocked on your ass when they decide they don't want to give you any more attention because you don't love and respect yourself, so why would they love and respect you?